0: This is a Hot Pie Media original. Welcome to Overcome with Justin Wren. I've got a really incredibly special guest today. I think he's one of the most unique humans alive because he's one of the world's best psychiatrists and I think he's one of the most innovative, maybe one of the most compassionate because that's what probably every psychiatrist needs is... Helping people through depression, addiction, suicide, divorce, trauma, sexual abuse—all that different stuff—and Doctor. Daniel Amen is a twelve-time New York Times best-selling author. He also, I think, has two different TED talks. Speaks to like Google, Apple, all those different places, and he has a slew of incredible people that you might love and be a fan of out in LA that are his patients. I know Miley Cyrus is his patient and she just celebrated four months sober with him. I think yesterday when I was talking to him on the phone. And so congratulations to Miley and I've been able to send some of my friends, uh, his way whenever they were in a time of need. One of the things about Dr. Amen is he's also my doctor. He helped me, uh, when I was going through a divorce and relapse and suicide attempt and, and all that different stuff. And I'm so grateful that I could be a patient of his and he's helped me a lot. He's helped me a lot. And uh, today, I don't know if I'd call it an emergency podcast or, or what, but it's definitely unique. It's unique because I'm letting you guys in on a therapy session, a therapy session, because in just a couple of days, I'm headed to drug rehabilitation treatment for my second time. And I went in 2020 during COVID, May 15th through August 15th. And I think, I think I, I really wanted to attack what's been attacking me. But I also, I think in that process was attacking myself, not just the addict in me, but, but uh, it was almost like a punishment. And uh, so anyways, I'm going back with a new perspective because I had a setback. And I really want this setback to be a setup for even a stronger comeback. And to do that, I needed to ask for help. And That's one of the things that Dr. Amen talks about in this podcast is, um, you know, what would you say to someone that is wanting help And that it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a sign of weakness, it's actually a sign of strength, asking for help. So that's what I was doing today, was asking Dr. Amen for help and giving you guys an inside look at me getting help myself because the place that I'm going to, the treatment center, the, one of the foundations that, that really caught my eye was that they want to help the addict or the person struggling so that that person can go out and help others. So I think this is a, really in alignment with myself and who I want to be. And I want to help myself so I can continue to help others and hopefully at a, at a whole, whole new level, but I got to help myself at a level that I've never done before and I got to want it and I got to do it and I got to actually put in the work and the effort. And so thank you, Dr. Amen for a lot of the different things you, you said, he's starting a treatment center in Dallas, Fort Worth. He's got the Amen clinics, uh, two out in LA, uh, one in Dallas, um, Atlanta, New York, And if you're needing help, I would say that his team, wherever you go, if you can't get in with him, you will get in with some of the most compassionate doctors. I spent three full days with their teams and, uh, and with Dr. Amen. And it's a truly special place. They are not doctors or psychiatrists throwing meds at you that are really like darts and hoping to hit a bullseye in the dark because they look at the organ they're treating. they look at your brain, just like a cardiologist needs to look at your heart psychiatrist you know it, it, most 90% or more i think is what dr amon told me was like we're still treating people diagnosing depression the same way we did with abraham lincoln i mean that's a long time ago and so there's been a lot of advancements and dr amon's been part of leading the way so i would actually encourage you if you're listening to this on spotify Or Apple, you can continue to do that. But whenever Doctor Amon goes through some slides, he goes through his his kind of new twelve step process, and all he's trying to do is bring in the brain science to to back up uh, the twelve step program and recovery. So it's a a little bit of a new spin on it. And he goes through some diagrams, and I think it would be really helpful if you tuned in on YouTube uh, to see him, uh, you know, walking me through this uh a doctor walking his patient through it i think it's going to be more helpful if you can get that visual too or listen twice so anyways thank you so much for tuning in to overcome with justin ren today you know there's if i could say anything about the episode you know i i might have flubbed a little bit on kind of the the dates the time the history you know there's some nerves with the camera being on and more than that i think i'm still just kind of in a fog uh you know i i I went hard in the paint, full court press with, uh, marijuana and alcohol. And I think that my brain is just a little, little foggy, but, uh, but I've really had a couple of really great days and made this decision that this is what I need and this is what I'm going to go do. And so, uh, anyways, I hope that this is helpful. If you have someone struggling with addiction, um, depression, please send this to them. If it's you, I really hope, pray and believe that this is going to help you today. So be encouraged. And, uh, and uh, anyways, thank you so much for taking time to tune in to this inside look at my own therapy session before I go to treatment to, before I go get some recovery in. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, to here, here, here's Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for being here today. Um, this is going to be A therapy session. So obviously that's, that's your expertise. So I'll let you run that side. But one thing that I'm really, really grateful for is that when I called you and reached out, I'm a patient of yours. You're an incredible doctor. I'm going to have an intro for you. And I'm just so grateful that I've been under your care. And also I wanted to open this up and try to be um, as transparent and real and open and honest as I possibly can with you. Maybe most of all with myself, but also with the listeners of, of the show, Overcome. And I'm really grateful uh, for our time together. And I'm looking at this as an opportunity. This will be the reason we're having this meeting today is I'm, I'm going back to treatment in just a few days, uh, drug rehabilitation treatment. I've had a setback and it was, um, it was scary, but I also want to get ahead of it because it wasn't as, as dark as, as maybe in the past. But it was real dark also at the same time. And so yeah, I hope that this or I know it's gonna help me, but I'm really hoping as well as we include others in this, that if there's someone in my position that's going through a relapse or addiction and they've never sought help, that they can ask for help, or if there's someone listening that has a family member, a friend um that is going through it, that this can be a resource for them or even an employer, anyone else. Like I think, um, there's a lot of addicts out there, and uh, a lot of mental illness, and that's your expertise, um, and that's why you're a twelve-time New York Times bestseller, and you have your TED talks, and you had so many patients, and I wanted to thank you for being my doctor, but also for being such a great friend because whenever I was in a time of need, or a couple different times, you've you've always been there, and for some of my friends. Um, you've been there and, uh, from a guest of this show to, uh, a, a person I've been on their show to a world champion athlete and friend of mine. Um, it's just been really great that you've always been there, uh, for people and that there's people like you out there with the expertise and that you're leading the way. So anyways, I, I guess we can just jump right into this and I just want to say thank you so much for your time.
1: Well, you're welcome. Mm. I, you know getting well is never a straight line it's up and then it's down and then you learn and then um, as long as you could always stay curious Mm. about what's happening with you rather than be furious people just tend to get better over time and so that's our job today is to understand what happened and then see if we can identify some triggers to protect so it doesn't happen again so tell me what happened
0: well um i think i think what you said there i this is I had a I had a big relapse and it was you know, I think I I let my guard down, and I tend to 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 try to love others really well, and and then I I'm pretty poor at loving myself, and so I just let my guard down and thought I could um have a have a have a joint, and so I had um, some marijuana, and then from there it just spun out. Uh, other people, I guess, uh, tend to be able to handle it well. I mean, I I know you're in the business of. You you know you've seen the opposite side the side that I'm I'm in, but uh, other people can that are around me and I just know that now that I can't I can't because that spirals me out into other things and so this big relapse was was drinking and um, and marijuana which I'm so glad that I didn't go into the deeper darker stuff from my past of like oxycotton and really using anything when people in recovery talk about what's your drug of choice i've never really had a straight answer to that it used to be Oxycontin for sure after a surgery and i got hooked on that but this time uh it was it was weed and alcohol but it's always been anything and everything but the harder stuff really really takes me out um this time i i uh i guess i i just disappeared for a few days um and was just really off the grid and so walk me through
1: more of that. How long had
0: you been sober? Well, so let's see, December, sorry, May 15th of 2020 is whenever I went to treatment for the first time. I went to like a kind of a big book boot camp kind of scared straight style uh treatment center. And uh it, 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 it was good, but I was one of two guys to, to, to get through 90 days and saw probably 30 guys leave in the 90 days there, like jump the fence and try to walk like 14 miles to get away. I don't know that it was very therapeutic. Um, and anyways, it, it gave me what I needed for a good six months, um, but I wasn't actively working a program of recovery after that. I think I almost thought, well, I got what I needed. And so I had a slip up. I've had, I've had several slip ups, but this last one really scared me to think about. So I got out of treatment August 15th of 2020. And then um I would say that I I relapsed hard around January 2021. It was a few days, got back kind of white knuckling it, then got in recovery again, found a new sponsor. I was good for a little bit. And then I had another. And then I would try to keep it close to my chest and try not to let um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people know. And then this last time I just, uh, I don't know. I, I had a night where just some things flared up and I went, hung out with some friends that don't necessarily know that I'm in, I'm in recovery. And I didn't state that upfront. And whenever they were using, um, you know, I, I decided to join them.
1: So since, um, May of 2020, you have been sober except for a few days. Is that, would no, that be no, accurate? No,
0: that's not accurate. I've had like three or four relapses. So for I, how long, um, let's start with the first one, at least the first real hard one. Uh, so I had to slip up. I'm trying to think cause I, I wish I would have taken some notes, uh, August fifteenth, when I was out of there, I was sober for about six six months after that. So towards January, you were
1: sober from May.
0: Yes, until
1: January, I believe so. Yeah, forget all the dates, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. But you know, I just want sort of the the big picture, right? Because you know, I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I'm a fan of accurate thinking. Yeah, and so I, I want us to tell ourselves the truth about right this and you went nine months uh during a pandemic during a hard time you decided this is not serving you um and that's actually the first step i told you on the phone yesterday i have a new 12-step program yeah i wrote because i thought you, you know a neuroscientist should take a crack at this yeah because the trick typical 12 steps there's no neuroscience. And so typically step number one is realize you're out of control. I actually think that's step two. Step one is, well, what the heck do you want? Hmm. What do you want in your relationships, in your work, in your money, in your physical, emotional, spiritual health? What do you want? Yeah. And does being high fit? Any of the goals you have for your life. So step two is, okay, this isn't working because I'm not getting what I want. Right. And I know you, you want good things. You want to make a difference. You want connection. Um, you want to use your notoriety to be helpful for other people. Um, right. And so clearly we just have to, say okay this doesn't fit. Right. If I if I get, for 9 months you did really great.
0: Yeah, and but I would I would say that through getting help and I think one of the things was I got out I got I went to sober living for for another 90 days after that. Um so 90 days in treatment, 90 days in sober living. And then when I got out of there I got a sponsor and I was working with him a little bit. But then I didn't utilize uh you know his his help. I wasn't meeting with him. I wasn't going to a lot of those meetings. And then not that meeting makers make it like they say, but it's, it's more about I would to answer step one for me, or your step one, it's, and I want to be a person that that puts love and compassion in action. I want to fight for people. I want to I wanna I don't know, defend the weak, love the unloved, empower the voiceless. These are things I say through fight for the forgotten, but I'm I wanna I truly want to fight for people. And I've come to the realization that I really have to fight for me in that process too, or first. And I want to love.
1: Yeah, you fight for people and fight for yourself better when you're sober or when you're not.
0: Yeah. Oh, o- only when I'm sober. Only when. I'm yeah. Sober. Only. Okay. Only when I'm sober. Because yeah. when I'm not. So you have not- to
1: really see the drugs and the alcohol as the enemy. Yeah.
0: It absolutely and- is.
1: And get rid of the little lies. Like I can spend time with people who use and I'm stronger than that because that's a lie. Yeah. Um, I think that's step eight or nine, which is eliminate the users and the pushers in yeah. your life. And so often people don't want to do that early in sobriety because they're like, well, I won't have any
0: friends. <laughs> mm
1: but you have lots of friends.
0: I have lots uh, of friends that are, that are honestly about, and sober yeah. <laughs> that are sober and that are incredible. And even if they aren't, they kind of handle it. And I, I think in my friend group, for the most part, like I have, I'm so blessed and encouraged with some of the best resources. i mean, to be able to call you and you be on here with me. I mean, I am more fortunate than probably most people that, that, uh, that go through uh, this, this disease, this addiction and sure. uh, this illness. And so I want to utilize those resources, but at the same time to go back to that, those relapses, I, it was, it's weird. Cause if I use with people, I'm okay for uh, the time being, but right after it, that, that allergy that sets off or that craving or that whatever it is in my hunter gatherer brain that all of a sudden prioritizes that substance as like number one thing for survival Now all of a sudden I feel shame, guilt, all this other stuff, because I know I'm not supposed to be doing it because it's not what I want. It's not who I want to be. So then I'll dip out, disappear and hide in a hotel room and use for like three, four, five days straight. And the weird thing is, is that I know people do that with drinking, but I'll do that with marijuana and I will turn marijuana into another addict's heroin. I mean, I can turn that thing into not remembering anything for, for, for a week. And and just dropping all responsibility. Yeah, that's the lie and,
1: around marijuana that it's innocuous. Uh, and you're right. Some people can do it, and it doesn't hurt them like some people can do alcohol, some people can do cocaine. And uh, but you can't.
0: I can't. <laughs> and so um it's weird because there's this like I'll 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 have months and I'll be doing well and I'll be doing good and Everything will be great. And I'm wondering if, is it something like self-sabotage? Is it something that I don't feel like I'm good enough to, um, to deserve some of these good things that are in my life and doing the good things that trying to help others. And, and then it's, or is it just, there's this addiction that's the enemy. And then it, it sneaks up and surprise attack or sneak attack. And at first I would say, I would say my partner, my significant other, Amy, She's really opened my eyes to saying, like, I I went into treatment the first time, probably with uh, a very poor outlook on it. Where, and that's why I'm loving getting to have this time with you because I'm going back into it with a new outlook already. And, but the first time was, it was almost like I needed to punish myself to get this addiction out of me, go to treatment, go to sober living. And while I'm there, like kind of try to beat it out of me, attack what's been attacking me and me being a fighter or whatever. It's like, this is my opponent. I'm going to attack it. And recently I've started trying to love myself. Like my life depends on it because it does. And so having both of those. And so going into treatment this time, I'm really looking forward to going deeper than just the addiction, but what's underlying and then also looking at it as a true opportunity to to live a life that I love, because I just, I looked at Amy the other day and I was like, what if I had 10 years sober? Like, what would life be like? And I started to smile and it was after I was crying because I was like, I can't do this anymore. I honestly can't do this anymore. After the...
1: Well, so many people do. Yeah. Right. So many people beat this thing. You just have to have... A good plan. Yeah. Um,
0: and then take action. Can I
1: just quickly go through these 12 steps? Sure. I'd love that. So step, no one know your goals. Uh, there we go. And I want you to spend some time with this exercise, the okay. one page miracle, one piece of paper, write down what you want. Relationships, work, money, Physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. Right. What do you want? And then every day, I want you to ask yourself, Does it fit? Does my behavior fit the goals I have for my life? That's always step one. Uh, and and if they don't, then. And this isn't what you should do or what you shouldn't do. It's what you want to do. And I know you, you're loving, you are purposeful. You get excited when you could help someone um, when you're fighting for other people. I also want you to be excited for helping yourself because that's the best way to help
0: others. Right. Right.
1: We're going to get to that in a second. Step two is knowing you've been taken hostage. And a a lot of people get confused about when they're an addict. And my definition is if your behavior gets you into trouble, Mm. relationships, work, money, physical health, or with the law, and your behavior has gotten you into trouble. Yeah. And then you do it again. It's like your brain is not learning. Your brain has been hijacked. So both you and I would agree. That you're struggling with an addiction, absolutely. And step three, um, let's see I get this to go. Um, well, I want to show you this poster. Sure. Which brain do you want? So healthy yeah. scans surrounded by drug affected scans, and you were a fighter. You have brain trouble. We know that. Right, the you came, you got scanned. we talked right. about it. Um, I want you to have brain envy. I want <laughs> you to uh, love your brain right, and that's step three. You have to love your brain, and then you have to balance and repair it because when your brain works right, you work right. When your brain is troubled, you have trouble in your life, and these are the big risk factors. For your brain to be in trouble and tea for toxin um you know you're poisoning yourself yeah. and marijuana is not innocuous alcohol is not a health food uh and you know you've been an advocate for my work and if you love your brain you begin to see those things as the enemy yeah um because they damage your brain, which means they damage the decisions you make. But four is you have to forgive yourself because behavior is way more complicated than you just chose this. Mm-hmm. Is, there's genetic factors. There's emotional trauma factors, as you and I talked about. There are lots of bridges to addiction. And... um there's this great forgiveness method called Reach, where yeah. recall what happened, the relapse, give yourself some empathy. Um, so why did it happen? We'll talk about that as soon as I get through these twelve steps, um, and then give yourself the gift of forgiveness, altruistically. Wow, just doing it out of the goodness of your heart, um, because giving is so good for your brain and then you commit to it you tell someone and then you hold on to it and then know your type so i have your scan you have an impulsive compulsive addiction so you're a combination of spontaneous and persistent you remember your singular. it worked way too hard which means when you get a thought you can't let it go and but there's some impulsivity in it as well. And so perhaps we need to look at what supplements or medicine that you're taking. Right. So here's a, a healthy set of scans, impulsive, you had low frontal lobe activity uh, from the trauma. Right. But you also had a hot cingulate. That's this white area here.
0: I remember I had, you called the diamond, uh, like a ring of fire? maybe PTSD from some of the trauma and things.
1: So here's your scan and you have this diamond, right? Which is past trauma, but this is going to give you that if things don't go a certain way, you get upset and worry and uh, being a little bit rigid. So, so nobody knows in the addiction community that there's really brain patterns, and all addicts are different, right? They give everybody the same program, which is sort of like giving everybody the same treatment for chest pain, which is just sort of dumb. Yeah. Um, sensitive, and you have a bit of that, and cautious, you have a bit of that, and so we have to balance your brain. So getting another scan is probably not a bad idea. Well, I'll, I'll uh, do that right so, as
0: I'm out of treatment. I'll come see you. <laughs> yeah. Or go up to well, Dallas. I think that's good. Yes, sir.
1: Um. And then six is we have to lock up the craving drag. So this is where relapse happens when. Um, I love this quote. The best way to reduce stress is to stop screwing up.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of overcome with Justin Rin. on it is sponsoring this show. Thank you so much. I actually just loaded back up on my total human. I got some of the krill oil. I got some of their, uh, what what did I just get? Some of their shaker bottles yesterday, some of the apparel. And uh, I was so grateful to go in there uh, at the gym, work out and get my good stuff. Also in this episode with Dr. Daniel Amon, he was talking all about uh, supplements, nutrition. uh, What was it? Vitamin D and omega threes and fatty acids. And uh, that's what I just got with uh, the krill oil and the the total human on it has some of the best products in the world with what Dr. Amon was specifically talking about in this episode. So you can take care of your brain and uh, have a healthy brain and pursue a healthy life with on it products, taking care of your body and also taking care of your mind. One of the best ways I do that is through alpha brain. I love, love, love the way that I feel whenever I am taking alpha brain and I take it. Pretty regularly. It's uh it's it's especially before every podcast, before every workout, hundred percent of the time. And uh I absolutely love it. I'm take, I took it right now and I feel really great. And so you can save yourself ten percent at on slash overcome. And I'm just so incredibly grateful for their sponsorship of this show and their support of Fight for the Forgotten. And now we return to the show.
1: So relapse happens when you don't know your motivation. Relapse happens when you don't activate your frontal lobe. So I always want you to, I want you to, uh, I see you have tattoos. This would be a tattoo I would put on me. Then what? Then what? <laughs> whenever you do something, whenever you say something, go, well, if I do this, then what happens? Yeah. If I say this, then what happens? And relapse also happens when your blood sugar goes too low. Oh. So oh. if you haven't eaten for like six, seven hours because you're just busy, you're more likely to relapse. Wow. That's they actually did this cool study on married couples. They measured their blood sugar at the end of the day, and then they gave them voodoo dolls. And they asked them to express their feelings about their partner with the pins and the dolls. And the people had the lowest blood sugar had more than twice the number of pins and the dolls. Wow. Um and tana has this hangry thing going on um so you know i just bring almonds with me everywhere or pumpkin seeds and um i want you to never go more than four hours without at least a little something to eat that's healthy
0: That's good to know because i do um, i do i do get hangry. <laughs> i'm a heavyweight fighter um, and whenever uh You know, and I'm working out and things like that. And sometimes I'm so busy that I just don't eat. And then I can see it when Amy, my significant other, she'll she'll say that uh, you know, whenever I'm I'm tired, not getting enough sleep, or not drinking enough water, or uh, you know, not eating enough. You know that she she notices that um that you know I'm just a little off. And whenever and I think if you know you you get more sleep and eat better and take care of yourself and. Pray and meditate—all those things. Like your your life's just totally better. So that's a great point.
1: Well, in the addiction community, they often talk about halt. Don't get too hungry. Don't get too angry. Don't get too lonely or tired. And that's just critical. Yeah. Um, but there's a neuroscience behind that. If you're tired, it means you haven't gotten good sleep. If you haven't gotten good sleep, you have less blood flow to your frontal lobes, which means more likely you're going to make a bad decision. right? And so prioritizing eating, sleeping. Alcohol is just a disaster because it's going to drop your frontal lobes, which are already low. And then you're going to make an impulsive decision and then you're going to hate yourself. And you're going to spin on it. Healthy vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acid levels. So hopefully you're taking vitamin D. And you're taking a good slug of fish oil every day. If not, we should look at your supplements. Um, there are some trigger foods like wheat and dairy. Um, I I like my patients to go gluten and dairy free because, especially because you're addicted to Oxycontin. Yeah. Very few people know this. Casein, the dairy protein mixes with stomach acid and create something called caseomorphins and they work on the heroin center of your brain wow that's not a good thing for you no gluten mixes with stomach acid and create gluteomorphins which again work on the heroin centers of your brain and so gluten and dairy in vulnerable people can trigger relapse and so you know you're in a war for the health of your brain a brain warrior is armed they're prepared and they work out right they work out emotionally and cognitively and physically um and of course you want to surround yourself with
0: like can, can i share something about the gluten real quick wheat um when i was with mm-hmm. you um it was uh when i was in, in i spent three days at aiming clinics out there in la um, with you. And we found out that I had celiac and uh, in fight camp, I would never, you know, I, I would never eat wheat and and I try not to eat at any time, but I've actually noticed that the times that I've had wheat and maybe it's been, I haven't ever watched dairy really. Um, sometimes I have, but whenever I do have wheat and I have a, a flare up and nauseous and stomach aches and, and diarrhea and things like that. Uh, joint aches. I've, I've, I've noticed that's, I've actually relapsed after that, or when I do relapse almost as like a a punishment, I've gone to, to wheat, um, knowing I'm not supposed to have it and I'll have a loaf of bread or pasta or pizza or things like that while I'm in the active addiction moment. And so that's really great info for me. Wheat, dairy, all that. It's this holistic approach. I got to get that stuff out of my life.
1: You do. You have to see them as a weapon of mass destruction. And and it's hard. It's a process. Like when I figured out sugar is not my friend, my grandfather was a candy maker. And I loved him. I was named after him. And over time, Rocky Road ice cream went from something I love to something I love. And it's just got to get your brain around. I only want to love food. That loves me back, Mm. and for you, especially with Celia, it's an abusive relationship. Yeah, that you love something that is just beating the heck out of you, and you know becomes a therapy issue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then be curious, not furious, right? So you're better than when I first saw you, but you've had some relapses. But clear, I can, as I'm listening to you, you're better. Um, You were really bad when I first saw you. You were really sad. Yeah. And you got better and then worse and then better and then worse. But even though you had a relapse, you're not here. You're sort of like here. For those, you know, work to get better.
0: For those that are maybe not watching YouTube that might be listening in, What kind of chart would you call this? That's going up, down, up, down, but it's, it's progressively getting higher. You know, it's almost like a mountain.
1: Yeah. This is how people get better. Nobody just gets better. It's, they get better and then they fall back and then they get better still. And then they fall back and then they get better still. Um, and I always want us to protect you from the fucking moments.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I almost, I hate saying that. But, but that's the best way to describe that,
0: that, that is speaking the language of any addict whenever you use and that, that you go on that (laughs) spree, like right before that spree, you have it once. Like I literally thought I was just going to have like one or two hits from a joint. And then all of a sudden my brain changed on me and it was like, fuck it, I'm out. And, and what's weird is right, right. As it was starting to hit all of a sudden fear, fear hit and then to get through that fear, I had more and, and well, there was fear. And then all of a sudden there was anxiety and then I had more. And then it was like, I numbed all that out. And then it was like, I, I went so hard in the paint or full court press or just full like blitz that, um, that, you know, I really, I really, uh, tried to, you know, I don't know, it was that fuck it for sure. And, uh, because I know that so this, I is, this is hard
1: from
0: that. Yeah. I know it's a, it's hard work to stay sober, and um, but it's it's so worth it. It's so so worth so it.
1: So worth it, and and it's just see it as a process yeah. and a problem to solve, rather than you are a bad person because you're not a bad person. And then we Here's talk you. about drip dopamine. Don't dump it uh, when you're using marijuana and alcohol. You're dumping dopamine, and you won't have anything left. And so, um, just a little, I'm going to run through these quickly. Dopamine is involved in pleasure and euphoria, joy, reward, motivation, focus. That's why we jump when we get excited. But when when it wears out, like when you go on a binge, depression, apathy, low energy focus, sometimes even tremors. We know Robin Williams had Parkinson's and died with a dementia from Parkinson's It may have been involved in the drug abuse that he had. Right. And the cycle of addiction is you do something that increases dopamine, alcohol, marijuana, shopping, gambling, pornography, um, you feel great. And then dopamine wears off and you feel awful. So you re-engage and then pretty soon as you do this cycle, you wear out your pleasure centers and you use not to feel high you use to feel normal hmm. and that sucks um and most addicts tell you they don't love it that it, they're not
0: doing it for I, fun. i honestly hate it <laughs> yeah i mean like and I- so
1: to protect your pleasure centers we have to limit low value dopamine activities caffeine nicotine tv video games scary movies um And this is how people dump dopamine. So high intense activities, um, drugs, alcohol, pornography, and fame wears out the pleasure centers in your brain. I have so many young superstars uh, and no one tells them they are big side effects to fame um, because they just don't feel normal anymore they don't feel normal happy anymore and then sugar so the more you can kill sugar the happier you'll be and then so we want to rebuild your pleasure centers this is true for all addicts we have to like rebuild your pleasure centers vitamin d exercise massage the right music the right nutrients uh all of these things can help so think drip dopamine don't dump it. When you're with Amy, there's probably lots of micro moments of happiness. Oh, yeah. So it's really learning how to pay attention to that. And then avoid anything that's going to dump dopamine because you're hurting yourself. Um, and so healthy ways. And you're so purposeful. <laughs> I love <laughs> you for that. Thank um, you. And Thank that you. helps. It Thank helps to drip dopamine consistently over time even simple things like fish oil and pumpkin seeds Mm. and green tea and you have to do this one you have to eliminate the pushers and user dragons in your life uh because they make you vulnerable and you know how do we prevent heart disease will we prevent all the risk factors of it like hypertension and diabetes and obesity how do you you know prevent an addiction you eliminate the pushers and the users in your life, and I don't have time to talk about this, but you know, make a list: who are the accomplices who help you with your addiction, and who are your friends who help prevent you from it. That's good. And then
0: I'll be I'll be doing that end. on this on this uh, during this trip during this treatment. I'll be uh, making a yeah. list and just because uh, there's some people that are really really good hearted people, but if I get around them and, and it's almost like, you know, it's, it's enabling or, or yeah, it's just, I, I give everyone the uh, benefit of the doubt. And this person is, I mean, they're really good here, there, everywhere else. And then I might end up falling back. Although I don't want to ever, I got to own it and I got to be responsible and everything else. Like this is on me. It's not on them, but I need to. Well, and it
1: might steal your life. If you choose to allow them in your life, that is potentially a life threatening decision Mm. because this addiction can kill you. Um, Yeah, it's really serious. It is. I've almost died of it twice. Killing the ants. We have to kill the ants, the automatic negative thoughts, whenever you're sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking and then ask yourself whether or not it's true. This is so important.
0: Um, this was one of the most powerful things I did with you in, in clinic was was going through those automatic negative thoughts and asking, "Is it true?" And then, is it true? Yeah.
1: And these are some of the different kinds of ants we have. You have a lot of guilt beating ants. And you blame yourself. But there's also things like fortune-telling, where you're predicting the worst, or mind-reading, you know, what people think about you. And generally, they love you. And then we kill the ants with, we question them. We shine a light on them, right? Remember the goal is in positive thinking. Positive thinking is, I have this joint and I'll be fine. No, that's a lie. Uh, It's accurate thinking. And then the little lies um like I don't wanna deprive myself, or I can just have one
0: hmm.
1: or I can control it, which
0: or is one of the biggest wild. ones, yeah, I can control it. it'll be different this time uh I've learned i've i've grown i've i i think that was the old me, and now i'm i'm I've grown and matured to where I can handle it now I mean it's just crazy, crazy thinking. Not it's crazy thinking
1: when you recognize it's a lie, yeah. then you just chuckle to yourself and go, well, that's stupid. Make amends mm-hmm. if you hurt anybody in the relapse. And then do what actually we're doing today is give it away, right? You have to get the information about brain health. And then you have to teach someone else because it's in the act of teaching, you create your own support group, Mm -hmm. making it more likely you'll stay on it forever. So um, when when you think of this, what, what is a trigger for you as far as your relapse and what you can do differently?
0: I think, I think I'm my best self whenever I'm, when I'm living in purpose and in that, why, why I'm here, what I want. Um, and I think one of the questions I want to ask you is I, I, I know my why of existence, why I have air in my lungs, a beating heart in my chest. And, and, uh, after my second suicide attempt, I woke up and it was through oxy and cocaine and alcohol and marijuana, and I mean a copious amount, like three quarters of a bottle of tequila, uh, 80 wait, five five oxy80s, so that's equivalent to 80 oxy5 milligrams. And um, it's almost three prescription bottles. And, and when I woke up, it was like, "Shit, I'm still here. I'm alive." And when I, I actually was on a, at an ocean and I went and got into the water and and I was in Mexico and, and I went down there during COVID to to not come back and got trapped down there. Couldn't fly back to the U S and, um, just decided to end it. And when I, whenever I woke back up, I was like, so grateful at first it was so much shame, but I got in the water and I felt the waves coming over me and it was like, it felt like waves of, sh- it was shamefulness, shamefulness, shamefulness coming over me. But when I connected to that breath and just said, like, thank you, I'm still here. like, Thank you for this breath in my lungs. Thank you, God, for this beating heart in my chest. Um, I opened my eyes and right when I did, it was like early in the morning and the sun broke right over the horizon. And I watched the most beautiful sunrise of my life. And it was just like, I'm not, I felt like this little whisper and whether it was me or uh, God, it was like, you're not done yet. This isn't the legacy that you're going to leave a suicide. And so I got really excited when you said that 12, it's it's what you give away, like your brain health. And if I can take care of my brain, maybe I can help someone else take care of theirs. And and for this, this relapse, most of them, most of them have always been accompanied by suicidal thoughts or at least depression, heavy depression. And this one, I felt something rising up in me that this is different this time because I didn't have those suicidal thoughts. And like I'm going to go do it for real this time at treatment. And, um, first time was a punishment. This time's an opportunity. And, uh so I'm really excited for this opportunity and I really want to live differently, think differently, live differently, change my brain, change my life. Like, um, and yeah, I think. I think this is just an opportunity, an opportunity for me to help get, to get better. And that's honestly, that step 12 that you just showed, that's, that's what this podcast is overcome. It's you, Dr. Amen, me, we, whoever's listening to this have all, if you got breath in your lungs, you've overcome a hundred percent of your darkest days. And now we get an opportunity to go out and share our light or, 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 or shine our light or share our love with the world or somebody right in front of you. And so I think I'm just gonna go take care of me for this next month or two. And then um hopefully come back and 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 share that whole story, the journey of treatment, what it looked like. Um I'm really excited. You're starting a treatment center in Dallas. Um it's gonna help a lot of people, Dr. Amen. You already do that and you you're leaving an incredible legacy. So you're an inspiration to me. I just I guess a question I had in there is the you said. Step one is what you want or why you're maybe like knowing your why, what's that one thing or what's your purpose. But I I think a part of self-discovery for me is, is why, why, why am I using like, what is it in my brain and, or what is it in my past or why? And can I cut that off? Can I cut that tie off from, I, I had, I had the chairman on my board, uh, talked to me last night I got with him and he's an incredible man also a physician a surgeon was with like the Patriots and I think the Yankees and uh he's an incredible man but he he told me something about psychodrama and I don't know if they'll do that at this treatment center or not but he said that it was one of the greatest gifts in therapy he's had where going back to that that young inner child and and uh I I, I'll probably slaughter what he was saying, but basically now it's my role. I'm a 34 year old man. It's like that, that young hurt child doesn't get to control me anymore. I get to protect it. I get to protect him. And whenever I see that impulsivity coming up, like, like you were sharing in in my brain, I can be like, no little guy. I love you. I'm going to take care of you. I want to help you, nurture you. What do you need? You need some fish oils. You need, you don't need that dairy. You know, you need, You don't need that drug. And what you do need is some exercise. What you do need is to go help someone right now. What you do need is some therapy. What you do need is a a walk outside or some time in nature or some meditation or some good time with Amy. And so I'm really looking forward to it. I just, I, I I kind of, I feel like after this relapse, it's just like, why, why, why am I doing this? And I mean, I guess it's just my brain, but in in past traumas and
1: it's your, it's all of it, right? It's your brain, but it's also your mind. It's also what's happening in your life, and I, I want. I love what you said. Is I have to do a better job of taking care of the hurt child, rather than let the hurt child try to kill us yeah. or let her. her child have a tantrum and you don't give in to tantrums with children yeah. right if you have a child and they throw a tantrum I want what I want when I want it and you give in to that you're creating your own behavior disorder Yeah. right if you okay. do that with a child I have sex and If I just gave in to them every time they wanted, I'd create entitled, spoiled humans. It's like, no, being able to say no, but in a kind way, it's like, no, that's not going to work. And be okay with that. Um, You know, when you've been famous and you've been a fighter, you often, there's this sense of, I could do anything, which is a prescription for disaster, (laughs) <laughs> mm. You know, it's like, okay, what do we want? What's the goal? And you are the CEO of your company, right? Of Justin Wren Enterprises. You're not going to have a good business if you're intoxicated. Right. right. Yeah, for sure. Good CEOs, they don't make good decisions when their brains aren't healthy. Mm. So, healthy brain, clear mind, connected relationships, purpose. Mm. Um, so when we have our treatment center, it's really going to be built on those four circles, biology, got to get your brain right. So we'll have things like hyperbaric oxygen. That's great. now you wanted to do that.
0: Uh, I, I did. I did 40 after we got together and man, I, I slept better. I f- was more positive. I didn't have depression. Like I, like I had been cycling in and out of, and, um, it really helped. I should look into doing 40 more treatments of that for sure.
1: It will help. And then um, become masterful at killing the ants. Mm -hmm. Work on your relationships. And the most important one is your relationship with yourself. Yeah. Um, Are you being firm and kind and then Mm -hmm. staying in your purpose? You survived that suicide because God wanted you to. Mm -hmm. And you have things to do. And and you can only do them. You can only be a good CEO if you have a clear mind.
0: Right. For me, I, I I really am going into this time, this treatment, this opportunity to, I guess, break that chain of pain, to really grasp hold of freedom, to seek true, like, I guess, lasting freedom, not like uh, nine months of it or not six months of it or. There was one time I had, had more than four years sober and I, I guess the, the hard thing is, is that, you know, getting out of treatment, um, August 15th and then spiraling again and then having a few things, you know, I, I, I think I broke my own trust, you know, and I just, uh, not, not whenever I'm healthy and, and, and doing the right things and and taking care of myself and and helping others. But whenever I do relapse, it's like, it truly breaks my own trust, not just other people's trust, but mine. And I get mad at myself and feel guilty. And I think, I think, uh, I think I just got to look at it as that, that, that diagram, that graph, um, and just see like, you know what, this, these were some, some setbacks for sure, but it's really a setup for a stronger comeback. And
1: Curious, not furious. Yeah,
0: be curious, not furious. That's 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 great.
1: We're gonna. You're on a journey to be a detective of what are the triggers and how am I going to protect myself from them. When you beat yourself up, it just doesn't help. Yeah. And I want us to let's just be helpful. Yeah. And yes, you shouldn't use because it doesn't get you what you want. But when you do. Is that there's been some, did you ever read the power of now?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, yes. So Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain. body. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the power of now. Uh, uh there was another book about sleep types. That was the power of now, I think. Or something yeah. similar. No, to
1: this one by Eckhart-, Eckhart Tolle. Maybe I'll take that. really me. good. And he talks about the pain body okay. and we all live with a pain body right? When I was little, my older brother beat me up all the time. And my dad was mostly absent and sort of an ass. And, and you know, that lives inside of me. And sometimes just by a look from someone else or a comment or a social media post, all of a sudden it'll hurt. And I'm like, oh, the pain body just got triggered. Hmm. And you have a pain body that in therapy needs to be soothed, needs to be understood, and it, it'll help. And so love, love does not give you the excuse to use drugs, wow. right? When you love a child, there, there are consequences to bad behavior. Yeah. My niece, who I love, who I adopted, um, she like didn't come home till three in the morning and lied about where she was. and. You know, and I understood it and I didn't beat her and didn't scream at her, but I grounded her for a couple of weeks and I'm like, no, 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 there are consequences to negative behavior, but they're not abusive consequences to negative behavior, right? Right. So I want you to love yourself in a firm, kind way while we're repairing your brain you were a fighter
0: for a long time. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, if um we've got a, a few minutes and if whether it's for me or someone someone that might be in my position right now where maybe they have always denied themselves going to get help, or maybe they're considering going to treatment. Or maybe they're considering to come see you to 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 figure out what's going on in their brain and being able to see it instead of going to maybe a psychiatrist that might be more throwing poison tip darts in the dark, hoping to hit a bullseye. Um, But being able to actually look at the brain and things like that, what would you, what would you say to someone that's thinking about asking for help and um, or me go into treatment? I I know that's really broad, but what would be some closing, closing things you'd like to say?
1: It's the strong person who asks for help, not the weak person. Um, I actually. When I told my dad I wanted to be a psychiatrist, he asked me why I didn't want to be a real doctor, why I wanted to be a nut doctor and hang out with nuts all day long. And that's the mindset too many people have, that if a business was having trouble and the owners denied it, they could go out of business, right? I mean, it could become bankrupt. If, you, if you're having a problem like you're having, And you admit it. Well, what smart people do is they hire the most effective consultants they can and they pay attention. Mm. And so by you going, okay, this is a problem. I want to solve this problem. I'm going to go to a great treatment center and I'm going to work on it. That is a sign of intelligence. That is a sign of love. And that is a sign of somebody who wants to live an effective life. It's not a sign of shame, it's not a sign of weakness denying that you have a problem that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. This is smart.
0: Oh, thank you. And uh, you just reminded me like I it's addiction has been you kind of shared like you know well for me you know I've been able to do a few great things where you know I was able to be a state champion all-american national champion wrestler a fighter of author before I'm 30 and have a a TEDx talk in London and stuff, and it's like I can do all this stuff, but for the addiction, I never sought help, counseling, coaching. To look at it as like a, a, I've sought coaching out from some of the best in the world, and I'm so grateful that I was able to seek out coaching from who I think might be the very best in the world, in you, uh, when it comes to to mental health, and so yeah, that's just such a big encouragement. I'm going here to be coached up. Thank you for helping coach me today. Um, and I just, I want you to know, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm gonna have an intro and outro pointing people to where they can get your books, comes visit your clinic, whether it's Atlanta, New York, LA, D- Dallas, and, and some of the others. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to your treatment facility. If they ever need a guest speaker, once I'm sober, once I'm doing everything right. Um, I would love to to go in there and share or zoom in or whatever, and just give my time, uh, to the people that, that you're continuing to help. Cause you've helped me so much. so. Thank you so much, Dr. Amen.
1: Well, Justin, thank you. I love you back. Um, sharing, um, what does Tana say? Pain shared is pain divided.
0: Mm. And, pain shared uh, is pain divided. Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. And it just adds to the purpose that you have of helping
0: uh, forgotten people. Mm. So... All right, my friend, I got to run. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Daniel Amen. My doctor, my therapist, he just got off the, the Zoom call with me. And I'm so grateful for the man that he is, his gentle, wise, loving, compassionate heart. And for him being there for me in my greatest times of need. So I got a lot out of this. Um you know, strong people ask for help. One of the hardest things I've done in my life is ask for help with this greatest challenge that I've been dealt, whether it's depression that leads to addiction or addiction that leads to depression or just that cycle. And, uh, you know, I'm, it's quick. I'm I'm pretty quick to ask for help whenever it comes to, Hey, teach me this, whenever I'm with a coach in boxing or jujitsu, or, uh, whenever I'm, doing whatever it is, or, or wanting to learn how to do a good podcast. I can reach out to some of the best in the world and ask how to do this, how to do that. And so grateful for Pie helping me, Amy helping me. But I think what I want to wrap up on is, is whoever is listening to this now, if you're in a place where you need help, please ask for it. Whoever it is in your life, or if you feel like you don't really have many Find a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, um, find a life coach, find someone that you vibe with, that you connect heart to heart, like-minded that they'll be there for you. I think people want to help when you ask for help. I know that whenever someone asks me for help, I, 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 I normally spring into action if I can, if I can. And, and, uh, and if it makes sense, if it's healthy for me. I want to, I want to help them be healthier. And so you can see that exemplified in Dr. Daniel Ayman today. His website is com. He is one of the most prolific psychiatrists of, of, uh, all of history. And so please give his website a, a check and, and check out his books. Uh, change your brain, change your life is a great one. He, he also just sent me recently a signed copy of, uh, your brain is always listening, I think is what it's called. I'm making sure about that. Yes, your brain is always listening. He's got another one, healing ADD, end mental illness. And I just want to thank Dr. Daniel Eman for his time today. Uh, if you have the resources available, there's an incredible spec scan. Um, and it's in the thousands. I think it's, you know, anyways, it's 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 not cheap for most, but uh it, it wasn't for me. And uh it was it, but it was one of the biggest gifts I've been given because I really think that it helped me whenever I I was going through this next relapse understanding like there's stuff going on in my brain I can see it he sees it he showed it to me and now I got to protect it I got to take care of it and when I slip up into these relapses that's not what I'm doing and so I'm really excited I think going into treatment I'm going to do the work I'm going to go deep and I'm really going to be introspective ask a lot of questions also try to be like a sponge with those therapists and counselors and recovery advocates and uh the clinical director there and I think I'm just gonna really try to go in there and treat it treat like a healthy fight camp where I'm not beating myself down but I'm trying to build my body back up while I'm in there so that I'm prepared for the fight when I get out of there um some fighters beat their bodies down in strength and conditioning, even, I mean, you're beating your body down in boxing and kickboxing and jiu-jitsu and wrestling. Like when you go to strength and conditioning, don't beat your body down because then you're going to get hurt, <laughs> build your body back up. And so I'm, I'm trying to build myself back up whenever I'm going here. And so when I get out, I'll be better, stronger, and able to be the man, uh, that I, that I truly hope and believe I can be. Um, no, I can be, so, uh, this might've been a heavy episode, uh, for some, maybe not, maybe just heavy for me, (laughs) but this time has been challenging and I'm really, uh, you know, there's, there's still obviously like regret, remorse, all that stuff, but there's been something rising up in me that says it's, it's time to overcome this and if I'm actually going to do it and I'm actually going to talk about it with you guys, I'm, um, I, I got to get ahead of it. You know, I mean, if not ahead of it, but I want to learn from the past and then see those tendencies that took me to this relapse this last time. And maybe the next time stuff starts creeping up, I can cut it off before, before the relapse happens. I believe I can, I've done it before. We've done it many times, but, but there's been, I think relapse might just be part of recovery in some instances. Where um, that's where you learn the most until you actually get it, and I feel like I'm right around the corner from actually getting it. Um, so that that feels good. Thank you so much, Doctor Amon. I love and appreciate you, and uh, we we would still love to to hear from you guys. Uh, and don't forget to 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 like or subscribe, rate, review uh, for overcome. That helps this podcast. And if this if you know anyone struggling with addiction, please uh, send this to him. Dr. Amon's a, a wise sage and he's one of the best psychiatrists in the world. And hopefully this can help your friend or help you. Uh, thank you so much. This is going to be quite a journey. I think we're going to have regular podcasts still coming out, but if we miss a few, uh, it's because I'm taking care of myself. And uh, when I come out, I hope I'm even going to be, I know I'm going to be uh, healthier than before. Thank you so much for listening. Much love. Many blessings. Thank you.
1: Hey, don't forget to send your Overcome stories to OvercomePodcast at gmail.com. And also, rate, review, subscribe, and follow Overcome with Justin Wren.